my personal message around unlearning is that challenge yourself to leave the comforts of whatever environment you might be in to really take a kind of big bold step in a direction you don't know a whole lot about but are prepared to learn significant amounts of quickly so that would be the personal lesson learned and then about africa there's a lot of global talent who work on this continent and what i would say is that if you really want to have big impact in emerging markets where the things that you build can materially shift the local environment for a much like greater purpose then i think you'll find a lot of that stuff to do in in africa Welcome to the Unlearn podcast, where host Barry O'Reilly seeks to synthesize the superpowers of extraordinary individuals to think big, start small, and learn fast. Here's your host, Barry O'Reilly. Welcome to the Unlearn podcast. On this show, I'm delighted to be joined by James Scott. Now, James was the Chief Digital Officer for Absa Corporate Investment Bank for over seven years, where he was responsible for all digital channels. And a big part of the portfolio was the execution of the digital initiatives to separate ABSA from Barclays. It was one of the biggest technology projects in the Southern Hemisphere at the time, with over a billion dollars invested. Now, James is a very active African venture builder. In his role as Chief Digital Officer at ABSA, it was his focus to think about product design, data and platforms, as well as new positions for ventures. Ensuring the future of digital innovation in Africa is a huge part of what James is about. He's integrated it into thriving businesses and ecosystems that he wants to create around fintech hubs in the region. And on this show, we dive deep into his experiences in the region, what's different, what's the same, and what's unique about how Africa is starting to do venture building. So actually, I was 22 years in financial services. I've worked for two organizations. I had been involved and was involved in many, I would always say kind of the business end of technology. So I was always building, always trying to create, always looking for efficiencies, looking for kind of ways to generate revenue, improve customer experiences for these organizations. And as you rightly point out, the last sort of four to five years of that was a massive, large scale digital transformation, which was probably bigger than I would have ever have liked to have been involved in. It was just so many concurrent pieces of work, you know, organizing teams, trying to scale agile and new ways of work while trying to deliver things against regulatory deadlines. So it's, it's kind of the perfect storm of things that at some level you definitely want to do. And then when you're in it, you kind of go like, I wish I didn't have to do this stuff. It's just <laughs> highly complex and, and, the good news from that part of the journey was that I, I made it out alive. Yeah, we were successful in, in executing that piece of work. My job in the last part of that phase was, one, carrying through the execution of this piece, big piece of work, but also very involved in kind of entrepreneurship or internal venture building. So we were looking for disruptive product opportunities. We were trying to use emerging technologies to really try and capture some opportunities in the market. And what I found out about myself through that process was that that's the stuff I really loved. You know, I love yeah. new ideas, mobilizing a small team around those ideas and it being very experimental where you're not really certain around outcomes, but you're, you're really quite passionate about listening to the customers, figuring out how you use the technologies and products to, um, to build those things. And as I went through that journey, you know, it became very evident to me that that was directionally where I wanted to go. And I think, you know, I guess the coming together of access to technology, the types of 
capabilities and tooling you would we would have access to in the market and just the kind of emergence of particularly in financial services fintech and the impact it was having in so many different aspects of financial services just points to the fact that like the culture for me was right the kind of the diversity of content was right and it got me to a point where once i'd finished that that kind of big piece of work i knew that actually this is the stuff i wanted to do that just has huge resonance for me like i said when we met you were through one of the largest transformation projects i'm certainly being aware of with abscess sort of basically deplatforming from barclays like over a billion dollar project like phenomenal work that the team had done but you were at that sort of point as a company where you were all talking about what's the next set of ideas now how do we grow this business how do we actually get building new ideas and for me too as well in my own journey recently i found that too as well i love doing coaching and consulting with companies and meeting people like yourselves all over the world but i really miss building and i didn't realize how much i missed building until i was doing more of it or doing advisory roles and that really got me excited again in a way it's what drew me back into starting the venture studio with nobody studios right is the chance to actually apply the skills i've learned from you know coaching teams from working in different domains lots of different projects building teams it was just really fascinating to me to do that it sounds like you sort of hit that moment too for yourself often it's until we get to get our hands back on the tools again you realize how much you missed them I want to get playing with them again. So you're in South Africa. I know you've big ambitions about bringing a lot of the venture world to life, specifically in that region. What are some of the things that you've had to sort of unlearn a little bit yourself as you're going back into sort of instead of turning around and seeing a team of 200 people there that can help you, just like a blank mirror staring back at yourself, going, "No, no, you got to build this thing." So what's been some of the fun parts of that? I mean, there's there's after being in a large corporation for 22 years, there's a lot of unlearning that needs to happen. You know, the first <laughs> thing is the safety and security of a paycheck arriving in your bank account every month is probably the first thing. But I think capacity and I think some of the things you take for granted in large organizations just around funding and the machinery that exists around. You worry a little bit more about the idea and how to organize internal teams, but actually you're mobilizing the capacity you have. And having moved into the the venture space you know and I look at it largely from two angles one is how do i help you know through a vc some of the existing businesses scale improve their their product capability implement some of the new tooling so those are established businesses that is a little bit easier to kind of bring some of that experience and advisory and how not to do things into that environment and really help them and i enjoy that because it's it's also helping businesses like that just with the sweet spot of how to pitch to a bank or or a large organization that they sometimes struggle with you've been on the other side of that table basically when you're like just senior technical officers and apps you're sitting there looking at probably 50 of these pitches a week who knows yeah and you can see that you know the idea's great the team look great they've started to go down the road with good technology but they don't know how to articulate that into value for a large partner and how to really figure out who to pitch to in the organization so there's an element of advisory and and work that i think really helps them and you know these entrepreneurs are super excited to work with people who have been on the other side who can help them tell their story in, in a really articulated way and then the second part of ventures is really the the building piece which 
to the point you made earlier is the stuff that gets me really excited because you know having been a, a senior person in a large organization you, you know the layers of abstraction just scale up so when you're running big teams you're so far away from what's on the backlog have you really tested the stuff with customers are we picking the, the right path for execution yeah is the product market fit the right stuff and that's the stuff that gets me really excited now now you know the challenge and i guess part of the unlearning is that you know this it's quite hard to scale yourself so having to figure out where to focus your energy what kinds of venture builds you want you want to get really involved in and i think what i'm learning and really having fun thinking about now is that you know you don't want to get stuck into one thing you actually want to get lots of variety and and starting to think about models of execution that really allow me and the capability that I'm building to start to scale in the space. Yeah, no, this is, again, huge resonance at the moment, right? Like We're sort of now at that point. Last year was like, I say, like our first serious year in the studio. We were like, can we raise a bit of capital? Can we stay alive? Can we get like one or two companies moving? And luckily, by hook or by crook, we're hanging in there by a thread as usual, like all these you know ventures do, right? That's what it's about. But this year is very much about building the systems, right? Like scaling myself, not through me personally, but building systems that actually help the team sort of figure out how to do things themselves. Or more importantly, they can do it themselves and they can share what they're doing with other teams. And it's really fascinating to make that shift from rather than just being in every team trying to fix things, is actually trying to create systems, structures, ways that they can support themselves and actually realize, okay, that team is missing someone who's really great at customer discovery. Go find that person for them. Or this team is actually missing strong tactical leadership. How do I find somebody in my network who can actually do the advisory for them or actually maybe go into that team? And it's really fascinating now as we're sort of going from like, we tried to get three companies done last year. We're trying to do eight this year. It's basically, you have to sort of double yourself every year and a little bit more. So everything that worked last year is not going to work this year. It's actually going to limit the growth. It's just fun. It's banging my head against the wall most days going, why is this not working the way I thought I would? But, you know, I'm bouncing out of bed and I'm feeling alive. And that's kind of a fun part of all this, I believe. No, absolutely. And working with entrepreneurs who really are connected to the mission of what they're building really want to have impact and i think that the impact piece is quite important for me when i look at the african landscape because you know there's just some really interesting problems to solve here you know there's everything from fundamental financial inclusion issues to health issues that tech can play a role in solving there's access to infrastructure there's education challenges and when you're working with entrepreneurs that are really passionate about cracking some of those things in the markets in which they live and operate in. Um, it's quite hard not to get out of bed and go like, Oh, absolutely. I yeah. To, I can't wait yeah. to spend time with these guys. Like they're giving me more energy than they know. So like getting to bed at night and I'm wiped out from the day, you know, I wake up the next day and feel like there's just so much shit to get done. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's a pleasure, right? I think so many people, especially over the last couple of years, there's the notion of the great resignation and also people focused on actually, you know what, I want to work on things that really matter now. And I think it's great like, to be able to pursue that passion, right? And find those things. And so I'm really fascinated about the venture market in Africa. And when we were preparing for the podcast, you sent me some like amazing stats on like what was going on in the venture ecosystem in Africa. 
really what's unique about it there, right? You mentioned a few moments ago, like there's many challenges, whether it's financial inclusion, education, health, it's across the board. Give us a little bit of an insight about, because you've worked all over the world, right? You've seen many different countries, regions, and, and but I'd, I'd just love to hear your take on maybe what do our listeners need to unlearn about what's different about the Africa venture space? And then maybe some of the areas do you think that are sort of surprising you or are kind of unique to that space as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll excuse the pun, but I mean, Africa's hot at the moment. There is some amazing businesses being formed. And I think the thing that the listeners need to maybe unlearn is, is really that it depends on how far you go back, but it, it's always been like a forgotten place to some degree. Like deal size has been smallish. You know, there's a preconceived idea that it's just this one big thing and everybody's similar. I mean, it's like, it's not. The diversity on the continent is phenomenal. There are big hubs out of kind of South Africa, Kenya, Nairobi, Lagos, Nigeria, and I'd say Egypt's another one, um, are starting to build some you know phenomenal businesses that work really well across the continent, that deal with some of the complexity that sits in that environment. So I said it's, it's exciting for me because I'm starting to see the maturity of businesses emerge. And, and we are light years away from what's been happening out of the US and Asia and, and Europe. But, you know, I think the point is, and this is why I'm so passionate about this space, is that when you get this right, it's less about big global solutions and a lot about local, regional, highly impactful businesses, creating jobs, generating value in the economies in which they operate. In. And I think we're seeing a lot of that happening in Africa now. What's quite interesting in, in the data that I sent through to you, Barry, is that the deal flow is getting bigger and it's getting bigger like in multiples. The quality of investors coming into the continent is getting a lot better. The types of deals that are being done, I think, are maturing. So, you know, I think that I guess I'm an eternal optimist by Africa, but I, I just think that we're entering a really interesting phase where a lot of these things are starting to come together, where the talent's looking good, the tech's available, the money's coming in. And the impact, we're starting to see the impact on the continent. Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, just to share some of the stats you're sharing with me, like, so it's like uh, 2.5 growth year on year since 2019. It's skyrocketing. So did 100, whatever it is, 100 deals one year, 200 the next, 400, we're up to 800. It's literally getting, like you say, very exciting. And a real strong focus on fintech and biotech, which is always really interesting. We also had eWay on the show who's the chief product officer for Talabash, which is like a food delivery service that's spun out of, started actually in UA, uh, United Arab Emirates, but now they're actually starting getting into North Africa. And it was just fascinating yeah. to him to describe that it, localization is such a key part to the game, especially on the continent. So they're starting in East Africa and Egypt. And he was literally saying anything that works in Egypt, forget about it working when you get down to Ni uh, Nigeria, right? It's, it's a totally different market, it's a whole different world, right? And I think it's really interesting to hear them explain some of those nuances about delivery mechanisms, how you connect with suppliers, the whole supply chain joy that everyone's experiencing in the world at the moment, you know, like how they're actually getting food from restaurants to people's tables, the different styles is fascinating. Is there one or two businesses that have really sort of jumped out to you that you're like, oh, wow, that's an interesting company that's sort of doing something a little bit unique that's really caught your attention? Yeah, I mean, there's so many. I think if I just pick up on the fintech point, I think that, and maybe they're not unique in the, in the global sense, but just 
providing some kind of multi-country aggregation capability that's moving not only traditional mechanisms of money transfer, but plugging into the mobile networks. Because as you know, in, the, in Africa, it's such a massive part of the, the financial ecosystem is mobile money. But the reason I mentioned that is that it just gives you an idea that you know solutions that provide that aggregation layer are opening up lots of innovation as well, because it's allowing people sitting in in Nairobi or Kenya to be building solutions that work in Rwanda, that maybe work in Nigeria and South Africa. So there are, I guess, some aggregation capabilities in the fintech space that I think are really interesting. And we've seen a lot of deal flow head into that space as well. And then, you know, what's quite unique when we talk about supply chains, you know, like I would say the global supply chains just are a lot more formal than what's going. You're in emerging markets now, so you would probably have a, yeah, I'm a loving it. appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here in Manila, like downloading all the super apps and playing around with them. And I keep taking photos. If anyone checks out my Instagram and Twitter, I've been taking photos of this like 24 hour delivery service with Grab and then tried them out first. And then I started using Shopee, which is like, I guess, the equivalent of a large e commerce player here. And, you know, the guy's on a bike with like 24 parcels all cellophane onto the bike. I have an awesome photo of him. Like, it's great. And, It's the different style of how you interact with the apps. And similarly, as you say to Africa, Asia, a lot of it is that you load money onto these apps, right? Gcash is one of the ones that I'm using here where I go into a 7-Eleven, I I top it up with cash that I've taken out of a bank, and then I pay everything else through this sort of almost like a payment aggregator in a way, as you're saying, it becomes like this hub rather than me using any of the banking services. So there's there's loads of these like little moments I'm having, especially as it's a new new experiences for me using these apps, even the way they're designed, where I'm just like, oh, that's kind of cool. But that's an interesting way to solve that problem. And I'm loving it. It's just great. I just have Xian Kyo, who's a lady who's done the show before. She's one of the founders of Hustle Fund. And, you know, she just keeps sending me all these apps. She's based in Singapore going, I've tried this one now. I'm just having a blast. It's great. Yeah. No, and, and we see a lot of that, yeah, depending on uh, the, the market you're in. But it's, yeah, distribution of food and, you know, the informal environments here, the supply chains, like actually connecting large corporations into those supply chains using smart technologies to manage the data, manage the payment flow, manage some of the risks. And there's still tons of opportunity in in the space. So I think those would probably be two of the highlights. So going forward then, and just thinking about your own journey, as you get back now into this space of, you know, working obviously with venture capital groups and then doing more independent ventures yourself. Is there sort of one area that's really lighting you up then? Like having come from fintech, it's probably easy to say, sure, I'll dive back in there again. But is there something that that has sort of made you want to go a little bit more more off-piste and recognize like you're like, actually, maybe agriculture is interesting or clean tech or education. Like, Which space do you see the most potential in specifically in the regions you're working? Fintech is an obvious one for me, and that's just because it's still a massively underserved population of people. And I think that there's a lot of activity in that place, even in some of the data I shared with you, you can see all the lion's share of flow is still still into that space. But if we sort of bank that again, excuse the points of, and the rest of the stuff, I mean, I think that the education space is something I'm quite passionate about. I think that providing access to various sources of global content in really cheap ways into these environments is something that I'm Stay quite close to 
clean tech is interesting here. There's a lot going on, but again, there's big roads to run. And, and I've been involved in some impact work at a sort of at a grassroots level where we, one of the businesses I've been working with partnered with, a, I guess, a fund that's really trying to get some young entrepreneurs focused on some big kind of green solution. And again, playing quite an active role in, in helping those young entrepreneurs think about all the basics of What's the product? You know, how are you thinking about it? Who are you testing it with? You know, what kinds of technologies may you need? And it's something that you probably live and breathe. It's just modern methodologies to helping some of these businesses, you know, at least have a pretty good shot at their first proposition. So say so that those are some of the areas I'm I'm really focused on at the moment. Brilliant. Right. Well, look, it's always fascinating to hear stories. Like if if there was one lesson that you wanted people to sort of unlearn about working and building companies in Africa. What's the one message you'd want to leave listeners with? So it'll challenge their thinking about what's happening there and maybe even encourage them to sort of pack up their bags and come start working with you and build some great companies down there. There'll be two things. One, my personal message around unlearning is that challenge yourself to leave the comforts of whatever environment you might be in to really take a kind of big, bold step in a direction you don't know a whole lot about, but are prepared to learn significant amounts of quickly so that would be the personal lesson learned and then about africa there's a lot of global talent who work on this continent and what i would say is that if you really want to have big impact in emerging markets where the things that you build can materially shift the local environment for a much like greater purpose then i think you'll find a lot of that stuff to do in, in africa those would be my two Good, right. Well, what I will always tell people to do is to look you up. You know, you're available on all good internet stores from Twitter to LinkedIn and so forth, James. So I'm going to tell everyone, if you've listened today and some of the things you're excited about, want to hear more, do reach out to James. He's a great person to know just in general, but never mind if you want to dig in and build some stuff in Africa. I'm sure he's going to be delighted to have you. So thanks for being on the show, James. Always a pleasure to catch up and looking forward to see what companies you help launch on the continent in the near future. Thanks, Barry. Thanks for having me.